This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 20th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. It bears repeating immigrants are less likely than native-born Americans to make use of a broad range of welfare benefits. Cato's Alex Narasta goes through the most recent data. What do we know or what did we suspect, I should start with, about uh, immigrants using welfare? This is a popular campaign line for people are, are who are of the Trumpian persuasion uh, with respect to politics and what policies ought to be adopted. What 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 is the, the popular line about immigrant welfare use and what, what did we actually know about it until recently? The big concern is that immigrants disproportionately use welfare in the United States, that many of them who are poor come from poor countries. Uh, they could come here and supposedly live off welfare and as a result, extort the U.S. taxpayer or consume benefits that other Americans could get. And that has been the line used for decades, as far actually over a century, even when the U.S. didn't have a welfare state. This was the line used by people. And what we know now, taking a look at this evidence, is that immigrants systematically use less welfare than native-born Americans. They are less likely to be in these programs. And when they are, the size and the dollar value of the benefits they consume is lower than native-born Americans. And part of that is because there are explicit prohibitions in law on uh, many immigrants' use of welfare. What, what Spell that out a little bit. That's right. There are many laws that prevent immigrants from using welfare in the United States. Uh, so with very few exceptions, illegal immigrants are ineligible for means-tested welfare benefits. There are a handful of exceptions. Those are mostly on the state level. Uh, legal immigrants here on a green card cannot get means-tested welfare benefits for the first five years that they are here and that they are working. Some states have exceptions for some programs, but it's it's very rare. But even after that, even after immigrants naturalize, they are generally less likely to use these benefits anyway. They have a higher labor force participation rate, more likely to work, um, et cetera. And then that doesn't even include the more than 10 million immigrants on visas to be present in the United States, like a student visa or a temporary guest worker visa. They have no access to any of these benefits. And uh, I assume that also leaves out uh, illegal immigrants who are paying into Social Security and other uh, entitlement programs. That's right. All these workers uh, do pay uh, taxes into these programs. They pay taxes into Social Security and the, the Medicare and then general federal income taxes. Uh, but they have much limited access uh, to these programs, which is one of the reasons why the net fiscal impact of immigration in the U.S. is better than for native-born Americans in similar ages, similar education. The other reason, of course, is that they tend to come here a little bit older than native-born Americans arrive in this country, <laughs> you know, the age of zero versus, say, 20. So they skip out on, like, public school that I went to. So I'm a huge fiscal drain on the state of California. An immigrant who arrived here at the age of uh, 20 from Mexico is not because he did not consume public school benefits in California. So what can when you do this uh, type of analysis of uh, welfare use, what counts as welfare? So we count the means tested welfare programs such as um, SSI, such as Medicaid, food stamps, SNAP, um, TANF. Uh, WIC, which is Women's Infant and Children, is a very small program. And then we also include the entitlement programs, Social Security, Retirement Benefits, 
and uh, Medicare, which are both progressive redistribution schemes as well and account for the majority of the welfare state uh, in the United States. Okay. And, and you include Social Security and Medicare, I assume, because those the average person pulls out of that program far more than they ever paid in. Absolutely. They are the and they are the cornerstones of the American welfare state. Um, and the cornerstones of most welfare states around the world are the uh, retirement benefits and the health care benefits for people who are uh, in the elder are, are uh, elderly. Okay, so how should this change the discussion about uh, welfare and immigration? It's a lot smaller problem than people believe. Immigrants underconsume these benefits, which is a good thing. It means that we can, like the, the, it is less difficult to further restrict their access if we want to build a higher legal wall around the welfare state. And one of the interesting things that we see in here is that immigrants are much less likely, for instance, to use Medicare, which is the old age um, welfare benefit for uh, people who get uh, to get health care. But as a result, they overuse Medicaid a little bit to compensate for that. But Medicaid is a lot cheaper than Medicare. But that means that if we're still worried about them consuming these health care benefits, we can sort of target Medicaid uh, access to immigrants in the United States and non-citizens and reduce that, especially for those over the age of 65, and save a lot of money that way. Okay. More broadly, uh, when people express concerns about immigration as uh, creating this fiscal drain, they don't they don't aren't referring to merely means tested uh, welfare benefits. They mean public schooling. They mean uh, making use of hospitals, uncompensated care that's provided by hospitals, and and that sort of thing. In general, what do we know about uh, those kinds of consumption as well? So yeah, so the welfare state comprises about 60% of all spending on the federal government in the United States. Public education, these other benefits um, aren't really included in the federal numbers. But what we do know is that immigrants, depending on their education, how old they arrive, tend to have a positive impact in the United States fiscally, which means they pay more in taxes than they consume in benefits, partly because they come when they're a little bit older, partly because they seem to be healthier than native-born Americans. They tend to have a higher labor force participation rate and have less legal access to these programs as well. So when you combine all this together, immigrants are a pretty good fiscal deal, and a big component of that is their lower consumption of welfare. Alex Narasta directs immigration policy at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 